Are you struggling or feel lost in your thoughts with no way out? Then join us in taking control of your own mind before something or someone else will. I'm Jeremy, and with my wife and co-host Carrie, this is Surviving Your Mind. What is up, guys? Welcome to 2023. Long time no talk, right? I haven't talked to you guys since last year. We took a couple weeks off from doing the podcast. We had a lot of things come up, and we were going to talk about it a little bit in this episode. And we have some amazing news and some exciting things coming up with the podcast that we're going to talk about a little bit. Yeah, for sure. We're excited about this year. So at the end of 2022, before Christmas... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't even have to press the sound effect. Button. Right? That was amazing. You did Thanks. good. That was awesome. Thank you for that. Anyways. We're handling it so well, though. Yeah. We we just had so much happen to us in a short amount of time. Uh, my grandma, who lived a long, beautiful life, um, passed away on January 2nd due to old age. Mm-hmm. Natural. Um, we had the service. This past week, absolutely beautiful. I got to be a pallbearer with three of my cousins mm-hmm. and both of my brothers. And yes, I said both of my brothers. Both. One of them, I know you guys heard in some of the stories we haven't talked in over two years. Mm-hmm. And it went great. It went good. Along with that, Carrie, shit is falling apart. Everything <laughs> that she owns. She's so proud that she owns things <laughs> now. But they're falling apart. <laughs> For real. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, uh, let's see. Last year, I found out that two of my my 24-inch rims are cracked. So, luckily, warranty is paying for those. I'm just kind of waiting those. But we have to we have to fill up my tire. Not just, not just every day, but sometimes twice a day. Twice a day. And, you know, since Oklahoma weather is awesome, it's like 79 yesterday, and then today's 45. So, yes, I filled up my tire twice today. Then I found out that my shocks were leaking, and of course, that's just regular maintenance, and I had to pay for that, and holy shit, are Tahoe's shocks really expensive? The air ones? I said, I said, she said, she said $2,800 or something. I said, I said, what? For some shocks? Only two, right? Yeah, and so no, I called around. We got a really good deal, but it definitely, just for the part alone, I think was $900, so... Right. Then school started back and I went to take my daughter to practice the day before school actually and our garage door snapped and it almost fell on top of my SUV. Maybe oh, Jeremy's could... TV broke. So not just oh. only my own things are falling apart. Jeremy's TV broke on Christmas Eve of all days. So we weren't going to have a TV for all of our family coming in. So um, Right. And the, and the family that's coming in, mm-hmm. that's all they do. Right. Is, is they sit TV. in front of the TV and they watch movies. And our TV broke, so I had to bring out my son's. I think it's I a thirty-two know. inch. Yeah, thirty-two inch, <laughs> and I I put it in the living room. But we had a TV. It was so tiny. I don't know. I was really bummed out. Carrie's like, "It's not a big deal. We have a TV," and I was like, "I know, but it's just not the big screen on the fireplace with the surround sound." And then a light bulb went off. I hooked the surround sound up to the little tiny TV, right? And that little tiny TV turned into the biggest. 
We had a theater See, all over oh, yeah, again. It was. I, I didn't even care about the size. And then you wanted to go buy a new one. And I was like, no, nah, it's fine. We got the surround sound hooked up. That's you know? true. And I actually, at first, I kind of laughed at him. I was like, why are we going to hook up a freaking surround sound to a tiny TV? But it was genius. Because it's like, what TV? Just right? hear the booms and rumbles. It was great. That's what gets you, is those sounds. But we handled everything well. Like, I never had a, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me moment? Or a, I cannot believe that this is, you know, like none of those. Nope. We have. We, we've we handled things good until recently I had a blow up. That's not your fault. Well, that was actually yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, that's, that, that is going to be one of my uh, goals this year. So, I have a sinus infection and I, I was sleeping. It was my day to, to sleep in, right? And so... Jeremy had his appointment with the VA on whatever day it was, and I woke up to him being loud and yelling. So I was a little curious because he hasn't been loud and yelled in probably about four months now, and I was, I was like, "What the hell?" Anyway, it was really cute because after the conversation, he was like, "I still got it." I was like, "Hell yeah, baby! Just flip that switch. You give it to him." Anyway, it was cute, but he can tell a story. I know the more the more I'm healing, it's like the less aggressive and angry I am. Right. But on the flip side of that, I've always lived in survival mode. And everything that I have survived so far has been off of that adrenaline, that fight or flight mode, that survival mode. Right. So you're taking it away. I'm starting to feel vulnerable. And it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting weak. Like, I can't protect my family now. You know, it's kind of how I felt at first. Mm-hmm. I, I'm slowly, like, catching on. And then when I snapped at the person on the phone... It was like a moment of blackout rage, but yet at the end, when I finally calmed down, I was almost proud. Right? I was like, I can still handle my own. I got this. Don't even worry about it. It's all good. That's awesome. No. So I woke up. I had an appointment. First off, I got stuck into DBT therapy, and that went great for two sessions. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. secret agent man's wife has something happen oh, disappear. God, I tell you what, I get in some weird predicaments. <laughs> you do. Anyway. So my, yeah, my therapist, apparently they had to run away. <laughs> I mean, this almost isn't like real. I mean, it was a good story. It caught me off guard. It got me to be quiet for a minute, but apparently his wife was a witness to some federal case and had to be like, I don't know, protected or testify or some crap and they're about to get a call again so he bolted and it's been hiding i don't know i felt bad for him because he was like man i really fucked up this time man (laughs) like i was well fuck yeah you did like i mean you gotta let your patients know when you're a therapist when Mm -hmm. you just fucking done disappear like but we get it like he's you know we're military we get it yeah so the va when i did my full psych exam and they gave me my diagnosis and i quote unquote my therapist at the time said that i had serious mental issues and that they couldn't help me so that's why they (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i'm not trying to laugh like this is real guys this is what we're going through so like literally we told my therapist that and because we still go to our marriage therapy every week because that's literally the only one that shows up for me and Jeremy every week. So he goes to my therapist with me at least once a week and if he wants to talk he can and if not he just sits there out of the screen. So we did. We told her what his therapist at the VA said that you have such a big mental issue <laughs> that we cannot handle you at the VA and her eyes was that was like I think maybe the second time I've ever seen her eyes get big and she's like 
what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but the, she kept her composure. She stayed quiet after that. But it really is. Like, yeah. who says that to a patient? My therapist. Right? Shit. <laughs> 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 so my therapist, after saying that and then sending me on my... She's like, well, I still want to keep you, you know, once a month for a check-in to make sure your treatment's going well, right? Yeah, to make sure you don't off yourself. Yeah, to cover yeah. their ass. Yeah. That's so sad. CYOA, guys. CYOA. Cover mm. your own ass. Anyways, she didn't. So she didn't even show up. <laughs> my first check-in was yesterday to see how things were going in my DBT treatment. Well, I got ghosted in my DBT treatment, so I was going to go off with my therapist yesterday <laughs> to talk about what we can do to try to get a referral into community care on somebody that is actually available and wants to help me. Well, I sat on the phone, stupid telehealth, for... It was almost 30 minutes, and nobody came. So nobody. the whole time I was sitting there, I was I was trying to do my breathing. I felt myself getting hot. I was boiling. And then I, I stopped thinking, and I just did. So I picked up the phone, and I called the patient advocacy office. Nobody answered, so I left a message. Then I called the actual mental health department. When I called the mental health department... They're like, oh my God, let me see if I can find your therapist and what's going on. Poor front desk lady, I was going off on her. I apologized in the middle of my rage because I was like, I know it's not your fault and you're just the front desk lady, but find my fucking therapist. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? And she goes, well, your therapist is actually in a group class right now. And oh, fuck. I went off. So they tracked down supposedly somebody that was supposed to be a manager, but come to find out it wasn't a manager. So they had a veteran in distress. And they put somebody who just answers phones to direct you in different places um, to try to calm me down. Well, she had told me to shut up. She was trying to tell me that I need to realize how busy they are. So I shut it down and I snapped and I told her that she needs to realize that a therapist didn't show up to an appointment with a veteran. And that veteran could be fucking dead right now because that therapist didn't show up no communication and, and she didn't want any of it she thought we were threatening her everything else so my my wife she runs to the freezer and she gets me a frozen orange to hold in my hand it starts working but it was so cold i started getting mad again because it was freezing my hand and now the, <laughs> the, the orange was stuck to my hand like i was gripping it so tight and, and then i got mad so then i was trying to get rid of the orange and i was trying to get rid of the phone i wanted everything to stop so she, oh my God, bless her heart. She goes, Jeremy, calm down. She goes, here, give me the phone, right? As soon as she gets on the phone, she's like, listen here, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's not how it went. Okay. It, was, it was good at first. She, you you she tried was, for two words and I then did. you went off. Well, that's when she, you know, you don't, you don't tell veterans these things. She who hung tell, up. Who tells a veteran to shut up? The VA hung up on her. Yeah, Again. so I said, ma'am, ma'am, I understand that you can't handle this phone call, and I'm sorry that, that they have not gave you the tools, but if you can't, just please pass me along to the next person that could possibly help me. And then she, the bitch told me, <laughs> this is what pissed me off. She then told me. She done told you that you were threatening her. Oh, that's what it was. She said, she goes, I th you're threatening my job right now. I said, I'm fucking coming up there. And she hung up on me. So then by oh. that time, I, I did get a little bit threatened. 
Yeah, she she was getting dressed. She was putting shoes on. She was ready to go conquer the world. I was that. And you then don't do that. Man. I was like, I had a moment of level-headedness, and I kind of calmed down after the orange debacle, and then listening to her flip out and stuff. And I was like, there's got to be a better way, because she was getting ready to go up there. We were gonna go storm into my primary care office. We were gonna try to get something done. But I was like, you know what? With my file red flagged, we go in there upset. I was like, they're just going to throw us into 8 North. <laughs> which, which which 8 North is the holding for the inpatient at yeah, the VA before he, they send you somewhere. Yeah, he basically talked me into not going because he thought I was going to get myself. Yeah, I was like, nah, we have in. therapy in an hour. With, you know, marriage therapy. So we can just flip yeah. marriage to this debacle. But And we did. It worked out. And here we are today. We were supposed to do a podcast tonight. Uh, we were going to do it over Lost Dreams. Wait. So are you still my trigger? Like somebody does something to you and that makes me mad. So I, I absolutely that's what I need to work on, huh? Still, okay. Yeah, my heart is your heart, and your heart's my heart. So if somebody stomps on mine, they're stomping on yours. But okay, I actually now I know talking Plus, about it. This is what happened. I fought with the VA for so long. I had those memories re-triggered. That's exactly what happened. So no offense, I will always protect you. But I, in that instance, I was like, holy fuck, it's happening again. Right. Plus. We can talk about that today if we plus, want. Plus. Well, let's go ahead. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Because I think some of your symptoms and triggers that came about this with the VA, mm-hmm. especially when they mistreat me, mm-hmm. is in 2018. Oh, yes, that too. When I was in jail. You got me out, and then I got sent to inpatient. Mm-hmm. You had to fight with the VA, all different types of organizations. You had to build an army in order to save me from 42 years in prison. Makes sense. And get me rehabilitated. So all these things collectively. Man, I have a lot of bad memories with the VA. That's yeah. I mean, too. because honestly, the whole reason leading up to my episode was the VA couldn't get me in. Right. So they tried to put me in the in the vet center. Mm-hmm. And then the vet center couldn't get me in because they were going through firing their director and rehiring and right. firing. It was ridiculous. And that's when we uh, went on our honeymoon because mm-hmm. we got married in yep. June. Our, well, our ceremony was in June. We went on our honeymoon and I had promised to you that I was going to slow down drinking and I was going to try to quit. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't get into the VA, the vet center. So we went to an outside psychiatrist. Yep. That outside psychiatrist prescribed me. That he said he said I was too far into drinking and I drink way too much to try to quit drinking. So he put me on Lexapro, Gabapentin, Seroquel, and was there anything else? I think that was it at that time. At the time. And then he authorized me to continue drinking alcohol on my medicine. Mm-hmm. But I was limited to four beers a day. And I think your situation ever since, I mean, you've been struggling with the VA. They've lost your records for 12 years. You have been yeah, doing yeah. nothing about that. But Shit. fighting like never with ending. the VA. Yeah, no, I, I literally, um, up until recently... I would almost have panic attacks just having to go to the VA, like having to physically go there, which I had to, you know, work through that. But so my struggle with the VA started last January. I was in a group and then I found out about a DBT group. So 
I was fighting with them from January until April to get into this DBT group. Then come to find out they lost staff members, so the DBT group was on hold. But I was told from two doctors and somebody who answers the phone in mental health that my DBT was starting. So I had false hope three times of me starting into this DBT group that never even started. So then they put me into um, the community care, but they had it written wrong. So they had me in DBT therapy group, but they had to end up changing it to a psychotherapist. So once they got all that fixed, the DB, or not the DBT, the community care guy could not find a DBT group for me. So he told me to find my own DBT group. So I did. I had to pay $400 out of my own pocket. Um, and that was this summer. I also went into an outpatient program because the VA did not have room for me. And I was literally living on the 988 number all summer. So I went to an outpatient, the same one that Jeremy went to for his inpatient. I had to pay $700. Come to find out, community care should have paid for that. But I was so distraught when I went there. They told me I didn't need inpatient, but... I just paid them because, you know, like to, to get help, I had to pay, but I, I wasn't in the right mindset. So then finally, um, I think it was October or the end of September, my DBT place finally had a spot open. So I finished my DBT, um, started with my new therapist that again, I had to find and I had to drive down to Lawton, Oklahoma to go do my intake. Um, they ended up getting it messed up. It took me six weeks to get my therapist paid in the first place because they didn't have my community care correct in the system. So they were they were trying to pay for a DBT group when I needed a psychotherapist in, in the community care system. And then, come to find out, your primary care at the VA is the one who puts you into community care for psychotherapy even though it's not your therapist and it's not a psychologist. They have your primary care doctor go, right? Right. And and at the VA, I don't mean to cut you off, no, just so you guys now. know, on the primary <clears throat> care doctor, you only see them maybe once every year or year and a half for your annual checkup. And mm-hmm. half of the times they cancel and then it doesn't get rescheduled for another year. Right. So and I went we, over yeah. two years before I saw my primary care. Right. And they don't send any letters stating, Hey, you have to come see us every year or every 18 months. Or guess what? The VA kicks you out of their primary care and puts you back in a pool mm-hmm. to, to have the primary care available for other people. But nobody ever told anybody that. Right. right. So three weeks ago we called Jeremy's primary care because of all of this debacle of the therapist not being available, and we found out it was primary care we needed to talk to, and all of this stuff, he wasn't—he didn't have a primary care. They didn't call me back. They still haven't called me back. It was three weeks, and then finally we found out that he has to be physically seen by the primary care before Jeremy can get put into community care. Mm-hmm. And it's like none of these protocols make sense. Like he's doing very well right now, which is phenomenal. And they're lucky because if you were in the same state of mind of what you were in in 2018, they might have lost another veteran. And to me, that it is just mind-blowing. 
right how their protocol works right and they put these little flags in your file so at a time which i don't know what the protocol is on how they remove it but i was red flagged in the system at the va the red flag is you are suicidal or actively tried anything along those lines and the way that and and i'm not just saying i'm just saying this from my story there's a lot of veterans out there that are mistreated but if somebody if you have to go to an extent where you have to flag somebody's file because they have attempted to take their life or think about it or anything like that then i don't think telling that person to shut up or to be quiet or not let them talk on the phone or anything like that is appropriate. The problem is, is they don't look up your file. They look up your name and your number to make sure that it's the right person, but they don't know anything. And you were talking about this earlier about a push or a petition or something, anything, because after talking to some people that took the time to actually listen to me and carry over the phone, they agreed with us that there needs to be protocol, there needs to be training. Ah, oh, Nathan. Needs to be, His name was Nathan, yeah. that sweet boy. Yeah, and then my my social worker who mm-hmm. called me back, she agreed as well. Um, but they're not trained. The people that answer the phones to these veterans in distress and needing help, wanting help, anything like that, even if they are aggressive, there's no training or protocol for any of these people at the VA to answer the phone on how to properly address, communicate, or show somewhat of compassion. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you get on the phone in the VA, they're like, what do you want? And then you tell them, they don't even say anything. No, they, they just, don't say goodbye they, or they nothing. Just, they just, they just click a button yeah. and, and you're hung up on. And then you wait for 30 minutes for somebody else to answer the phone. And then they try to tell you to be quiet. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, we talked to them about that. And, and that's what I don't understand. Like, I might even just go up to our Oklahoma City VA and ask to speak to the director and and make an appointment or something because now that I'm not a veteran that is angry and easily angered, I would be able to talk calmly with them. But even if I could help get them, you know, up to speed or something, but what these people don't understand and what civilians don't understand and people in general is just because someone is screaming at you on the other line or they're upset, it has nothing to do with you. And people take this this so personal, but it, it needs to be depersonalized. And that should go for any type of phone call. If you're in customer service or if you're if you're in any type, especially mental health, that is so important. If you're taking a mental health job and you can and you cannot keep that separate and not get defensive, that is not the right job for you because you have people's lives on your hands. So can you imagine being somebody answering the phone and you're just a normal customer service agent and you go to take a job at the VA and you tell a veteran to shut up and they go and kill themselves that night? Like, these lives are in y'all's hands and people don't understand that at all. And that's why we are so big on mental health and advocating for people who don't know how. And that's that's part of what our podcast, Surviving Your Mind, and what we're doing on, on working with our story and our trauma and our experiences, is it's helping us to not react so much to everything. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what needs to happen when they answer the phone. If 
everybody wants to talk and run their mouth, mm-hmm. right? Especially when you're mad and you're angry. If they just listen for a second, they'll realize that the person on the other line, what they're bitching at or griping at is they're trying to get a doctor. They're trying to get help, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't personally seek you out, dial your personal phone number just to yell at you. Right. So listen for a second on what they're actually asking and wanting because all they do is they react to somebody yelling and then it becomes about you right. because now you're challenging me on trying to get my treatment and 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 get help for me. Mm-hmm. So now you're basically cock blocking me. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're health blocking me. You know what I mean? I know. And they just need to react less. Yeah. The, the biggest thing that has helped me is compassion. And so, like, if, if I end up having to work with somebody who's upset or disgruntled or, I mean, even somebody that's came at me sideways on TikTok or Instagram or something, and I just stop and I think to myself, what is this person going through that they are literally behaving this way? Because mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with me. And I know that. And I grew up my entire life thinking that everything was about me and, and people's facial expressions were because they didn't like me. And it, I mean, people are going through their own shit and it has nothing to do with you. Right. It's the exact same thing in relationships and parenting. Mm-hmm. Your kids come to you angry. Now, if they specifically say, oh, you suck because you took my phone away, right? Okay, I get it. They're a little upset with you. But if a child comes to you and they're yelling or they have an attitude or they're upset and you don't know why, I used to react. Oh, crap. They're mad. So what did I do wrong? You know, and I took it personal. So then I would fight back and I would argue Mm -hmm. and I would yell at them and I would shut it down. Mm -mm. But now if you just listen, maybe they had a bad day at school. Yeah. Maybe they don't feel good. Right. And the only way that they know how to react or get attention is... I mean, they're, they're acting out. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And don't take everything personal. Don't take it to heart. And try to slow down on reacting so much. That, that alone is, I, I think, one of my biggest helping factors in my treatment is I reacted to everything. <laughs> I know. And it's so cool because I talked to my therapist, I think it was last week about it or this week. And I was like, I feel like I'm more of like an observer of my life now. So I can, I feel like I'm like an outside floating party where I can see what's happening and I can process it before I react. And now I'm seeing you do the same thing because I am a little bit ahead of my healing than you mm-hmm. because I've done more research and I've done more reading and we're just two different people. Right. Like, and right. so you're a little bit behind. And so now I'm seeing you where I actually see you pause and it's like, wow, he's being a, a, a an observer on this. It's really cool. Like it feels mind blowing. It, it feels really great. Is. I mean, I wish I could say that I have so much more energy because I'm not angry or aggressive or fighting all the time. But it's the opposite. Everybody, every, every, everybody's different because I still battle things inside of here. I'm not reacting out in the physical world right now, mm-hmm. but I'm still battling stuff inside my head. So I still get exhausted. I'm still tired, but it's helping me control and kind of like go through all of the deception and lies and stories within my head. So that way I'm not acting out into the physical world where it's just like overflowing of anger and everything with you and the kids or around the house it's been so peaceful right and just like so chill like like i don't want to go back 
I know. And, and it's, and it's nice. And it's like, I think some days we get stuck and like, man, why are we so exhausted? And then I have to keep reminding myself. I remember reading that when it said, um, you know, during your healing, you are processing a lot. And it's not that you're remembering like all this horrible stuff that happened, but you're, you're reprogramming your body to not react and you are exhausted and and that's just a part of healing. Like, mm-hmm. it's really just a part of it. You are, you are recreating your programming and it's neurological. And right. so that's why you're just exhausted all the time. And there's nothing wrong with us. Like, this is awesome. It's peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yet it, it, it is tiring. <laughs> right. Right. But it's just a, a just better a quality of life. Right, definitely. I would rather be tired in slow motion and feel like I'm a sloth versus me spinning, not knowing what to do with myself, getting angry at every little thing or or something that didn't go my way or a plan changed or, oh my gosh, like, yeah. I still struggle with things changing, though. Much better, though. Like, oh, yeah, you know, much better, but I, it's still a struggle when things randomly change. Yeah, I think that's a struggle for anyone, though. Yeah, I like plans, structure, mm-hmm. things like that. But are we ready to get into the exciting part, or do you want to talk a little bit about the lost dreams that's coming up first? Um, no, we can talk about the like what we're doing next. So, guys, we have some exciting news for this podcast, Surviving Your Mind. We're going to be amping it up. I'm going to create an email directly for the podcast. Uh, We're going to create a website that's going to contain video clips, information. Sky's the limit. Yeah, Yeah, sky's the limit. We want like mental health stuff on there as in like um, books that we've read, articles, um, life coaches that we've listened to, podcasts that could help, all that type of things. Anything healing we want on there. Yeah, all of our links to all of our social media. We want a one-stop shop. But with that being said, we're adding to the podcast... We the whole point of the email, the website, and everything is we want to start bringing on guests starting around the first of February, and with the guests, we're probably gonna do one, maybe two a month right now. Mm-hmm. We want you guys to have a voice too. This podcast, I know we're going through our story and everything else, but we want to utilize our podcast to reach out to the community. And to talk to veterans, talk to people in recovery, talk to anybody that has struggled with mental health, that has a story that came from basically hell and worked their way up and their success on where they are now. We would love to hear your guys' story. And when we get this up and running with our emails, you guys will be able to, if you guys would like to be on the podcast, if you guys would like the opportunity to share your story or any information on treatment or things that has helped with you in your life, right? Yeah, we're, that's what I'm excited about. Like, um, everybody's healing path is completely different. So the more people we can get on here and where they can speak about what has helped them, what kind of treatments they've done, what kind of life experiences were changing. Because sometimes you don't have to go through treatment. Sometimes literally just a life-changing experience is all that person needed. And that's what the type of stuff that we want on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I talked to Christy Shea, Beautifully Broken, from TikTok. Um, I think she is going to be our first or second guest. 
She's in school right now to become a holistic doctor. I'm super excited to share her story and the things that she has done. And me and her feel that our two platforms as women, we want to get more information about CPTSD out Mm -hmm. because I was diagnosed twice with the wrong type of diagnosis. Come to find out she was too. That she's like a huge advocate for this as well. And we have some large creators that are on TikTok right now. And we both feel that they're very wrongly diagnosed. And we're not doctors, but she's going to be one. And we just want to get more information and word out on this because you guys can heal and you don't have to be a diagnosis in your symptoms. Right. Like, like, and I can, I'll talk about this a little bit just because we're talking about it, but like some of my symptoms that were supposedly borderline is I would sit in my closet and have complete meltdowns and I would be crying, shaking, rocking, hot, sweating at the same time. There was times I would hit my head against the wall because I didn't know how to make all of the feelings stop. And to my doctor, that was borderline. He didn't know what else to put it underneath. And that's dangerous. So you gave a suicidal veteran a diagnosis of borderline personality that has a stigma that is so terrible. And for one, people with borderline are not terrible. And for two, I don't have it. (laughs) And I didn't have bipolar. And so that's why we, for one, I want her on the show. And for two, like, this is so important because I almost died. And, and knowing that there's other women out there, and I know there's other men too. So in the process, we will find you. But like, we've got to get more people that are larger, that have larger platforms so we can be talking about the correct information. Because giving all of this false information or stuff that we haven't researched and we're putting it out there for millions of people to see is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. And right. doctors are, are convincing all of us that there's something medically wrong when when all we need to do is read some books and listen to some podcasts and right. like, you know, go right. go do what you want to do as an adult. Mm-hmm. What you couldn't do. Like, it's crazy, but... And the, the success stories on these we also our good friend kevin hughes yeah he called them. yesterday i was excited about that too so kevin hughes he's offered to share a story and what's gonna be great about his story coming up is he has never talked about it ever he's never opened up and i'm curious to see because he's bottled it up and the amount of success this man has in his life. Mm-hmm. He is in two podcasts. He has his own podcast show. He's working on his radio show. He's, I mean, worked in Hollywood for filming and editing. And he has a beautiful family, a beautiful home, living in Colorado. And functioning. Like he's right. functioning, but he right. has a story that we have no idea. And, right. And it's about childhood, and I'm mm-hmm. super excited because that's the whole thing. Like for us, is is finding out why we are the way we are, and now I know. Like all of me acting out and and being so loud and obnoxious when I was younger, that was just I wanted to be seen and heard, and right. That's sad. And that's exactly <laughs> where we're heading with this podcast. And yep. if you guys have a story, 
we will be posting with the email. The email will be created tonight. You guys can start sending in your stories. Like uh, Carrie said, we have about one, for sure, two set up. Yeah. Um, We're working on the third one. So I know plenty of you guys have reached out to me on the recovery side um, for drugs and alcohol. And you guys are living amazing lives now. I mean, like 20 some years sober and stuff. We want to hear your story, your success. And how you got there from where you were. Absolutely. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. And we're also setting up. It will be videoed. So we will have video clips. Uh, It'll be us with our guests on there. So keep that in mind when you're wanting to share your story. Mm -hmm. Um, It will be on video. Yeah, correct. And when you're sending in um, your story, just do like a synopsis. You don't need to do like the whole in-depth one um we just kind of want to get a idea you know if it's going to fit for the podcast and and make sure you put like um what direction and and how you got there like what treatments you did or what your epiphany was or you know stuff like that right and we will personally reach back either way whether you come on or not we will respect your story your email we will talk with you there's also an option where you guys could ask us questions you guys could write a letter and if you want it read we Mm -hmm. can read the letters for you Uh, we can read the questions and answer them for you if you guys don't want to personally be on our podcast uh, we can set that up as well yeah I think that would be a fun way to go with it because there's a lot of people that are too scared to talk about it but they or they might just still be searching for which direction to go and they might just have questions so yeah I would love to answer any questions and help any way we can. Awesome. It's going to be great. And coming up on the next episode, we are going to be talking about... Lost dreams. Lost dreams. This one's like really important. So we kind of skipped this week and I still want to collect some information and, and get some notes on it. But this one's going to be fun because this is so important for you to reconnect with the things that you lost when you were younger if you didn't get a childhood. So. Right. And this is this is actually going to be more on the positive side it's it's tapping in to remember your dreams of who you wanted to be mm-hmm. what you wanted to do anything a dancer if you wanted to be a astronaut astronaut yeah. I, I mean god the sky's the limit but this this episode is tapping back into that and we just wanted to take our time and approach this episode right with our story and just like that, we have to tap into our lost dreams, and we didn't want to rush into it. We're still looking into our minds, our heart, our past, our childhood. Our stomach bug that we were getting over, and now oh a sinus gosh, infection. <laughs> it's just what. been one thing after another, man. You and I have been like hot-swapping seats on the <laughs> toilet, man. <laughs> oh, what a last year and what a year this year. Man, yeah, this year has started off, but we're... going to be a blessing. We're super excited about this year. Super excited. Can't wait for what's upcoming. I can't wait to hear from you guys out there and your guys' story. And we can't wait to keep growing this podcast with you guys. For sure. Until next week, you guys. Absolutely. Take care. Bye. Remember, life doesn't have a handbook. When you're made to feel you're living your life wrong, how do we not know they're living their life wrong? We don't. Stop being critical of yourself and just be you.